I will give you a, a secret. If you combine my Series A deck and my Series B deck, you can know exactly the amount of revenue we make. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone, I'm very excited to bring you Mathilde Collin, who's the CEO of FrontApp, which lets you manage all your communication channels in one place and helps your team collaborate. Mathilde, how's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for being here. And so I guess maybe a good starting point would be if you can tell us a little bit about your story, because you're not originally from the U.S., right? Yes, it's true. Uh, you can probably hear my accent. So my story is um, pretty simple. So I was I was raised in France. One of the things that struck me when I was a kid was no one in my family liked their jobs. And so I was a happy kid. I wanted to enjoy what I would do every day. And I thought that starting a company was for me a good way to create an environment where I would be happy to work. And I didn't know what I would work on. Now, the first job that I took was in a software company. So that's when I discovered the world of softwares, which I really enjoyed. And the software that I was using the most to get work done was email. And I was interested in the fact that email was probably the tool that people were using the most to get work done. And it had not evolved in the past 10 years. So I decided to quit my first job and start Front when I was 23. Wow. So Front, I mean, it's been a pretty long journey then, huh? It's been four and a half years now. Oh, it's not that bad at all then. Great. So, yeah, I mean, Front, the and you, you didn't start it. I mean, you started it in France, right? I did. Got it. Okay, great. So I want to talk about that that journey in a second. But how does Front help companies? Because I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of my friends talking about it, friends that run different companies. What's an easy way or maybe an easy kind of case study or use case of someone that saved a lot of time using it? Sure. So so usually the way people start using it is when they have what we call the shared inbox. And so it can be a shared email address, like support at sales at press at, et cetera, or a shared Twitter account, a shared SMS account, Facebook account, like whatever you have that receives a lot of inquiries. And then you need several people in your team to reply to these inquiries. Then Front should be a really good tool for that. Great. Okay. And uh, can you walk us through, I mean, what kind of public numbers can you share around the growth of front? I want people to really feel how, how fast this thing's growing. Sure. So, I mean, there are a few things. So we, st- we launched the product four years ago. A few months after we launched the product, we raised our seed round. Um, a few, maybe a year after we raised our seed round, we raised our Series A. In July last year, we had 2,000 companies using the product. Today, we have over 3,500, and we've just raised a a 66 million round with Sequoia a few months ago. We're now 85 people in the team. Four months ago, we were 48. 
So we've grown pretty pretty quickly, and it's been pretty consistent in the past four years. Great. And so, yeah, I mean, how did you even get in front of Sequoia in, in the first place? Because so, just so everyone knows, Sequoia, one of the most prestigious firms out there, they've backed a lot of great companies. Um, so you, you, know, you get in front of Sequoia, or how did that even happen in the first place? Let's go to that. Yeah, so it's a pretty interesting story. So uh, when I was raising our seed round, so in 2014, I pitched Sequoia and they um, and they passed. So they didn't want to invest. There is people believe that when Sequoia passed once, they will always pass, but it's not true. So they passed during our seed round. Our Series A, I didn't even pitch them because we had a preemptive term sheet that was from a great for, from a great fund, and so I decided to accept it and not run um, a long process. And then Series B, so it was November um, last year. I talked to them because I had just heard amazing things from a few friends that had raced with them. And so I talked to a few partners there. There is one in particular that I really liked. And so at the end of the day, I chose to um, to race with them because of, of a partner that I really loved. Um, and, and I feel like it was the best decision. Great. Wonderful. And was part of it, were you already in San Francisco at the time or did they ask you to move there? No, I was already in San Francisco. So I stayed in France just for a few months. Um, and then six months after I started the company, we went to Y Combinator. Um, that's when we launched the product. And that's when we spent three months here. We really loved it. And so after YC, we've decided to move the whole company here. And so for three years, the whole company was in San Francisco. In January this year, for the first time, we opened an office in Paris again. Wonderful. Great. Yeah, Paris is beautiful. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about how how your model works? How do you how do you guys make money? So we have a subscription model. So uh, it's a price per user per month or a price per user per year. We have three different plans depending on the features that you want. And so uh, we make recurring revenue every month thanks to the number of users that use our platform. Wonderful. And I know you shared some numbers earlier, such as a 66 million round from, from Sequoia, um, the 3,500 I think it's at 3,500 customers. Yeah. Are there any other numbers that you can share? You probably can't share revenues, but anything around growth rates, things like that, or any other kind of uh, accolades or numbers? Yeah, sure. So uh, we we grow about 10% every month in terms of revenue and uh, daily active users. And, and that's our goal every year. Also, I've been pretty transparent about growth rates. I've published our Series A deck with every number and I've published our series B deck with almost every number. Um, so if you go on my medium profile, you can, um, you can see both of them. Oh, cool. Does that include revenues? Uh, so it includes the scale of revenue. So it doesn't, but, but the truth is, uh, if you, I will give you a, a secret. If you combine my series A deck and my series B deck, you can know exactly the amount of revenue we make. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Can you can you um, can you just tell us your Series B revenue uh, that you put in there, just so everyone can can know? No. So that was that was included. Seri- I think I included the Series A, which was I can't remember, maybe one point five million in AR. Got it. But Series B, we didn't include it. But the scale is there. Great. Okay. Yeah. So we're I mean we're using Front right now, and I'm, I'm continuing to pay for it. Um, the the agony I'm kind of going through right now. I'm just like really trying to push the team to, to use it but um i just see the engagements um I, sometimes they're like yeah you know they they like they're really excited about it and then they kind of drop off a little bit so how have you found teams this is more of a selfish question how have you found uh, ways to kind of force adoption or get people to really fall in love with it 
Yeah, sure. So I, there is one one thing that I think is super important. So we started front with this idea that uh, shared inboxes were hard to manage. And so any company with a shared inbox could use front. What we've noticed is a lot of features that we've implemented to help manage shared inboxes. So every feature around collaboration where you can assign emails to people, you can comment internally on emails, mention people and integration. So it's really easy to integrate front with any other tool that you're using, like a CRM or a bug tracking tool or project management tool or, or Slack or really whatever. These features are also useful when people manage their individual email address. So for example, Mathilde at frontapp.com versus support at frontapp.com. And so today we have 40% of our daily active users who will use Front both for a shared inbox and their individual inbox. And what we found is for the companies that have a lot of people using Front for both, the stickiness is super high. And that's usually is a huge help to, uh, for, for the adoption inside, inside the company. Great. And so for each user, I'm not paying for each additional inbox, right? They can have as many inboxes as they want. Yes, they can have as many inboxes as they want. Great. I think you might have just saved, um, yeah, saved a customer. For, well, I wanted to keep paying for it. Uh, I think you saved a turn for sure. I, I think it's good for everyone to know. Perfect. Um, and by the way, I keep telling people about it because I use it. So, I mean, that's, I think, I, well, I guess there's something that's interesting there too, because it's the people that are really like, you know, the techies, early adopters, like I keep hearing about front from developers. So is there kind of, was there kind of a method to madness around acquiring customers? Did you focus on the developer space in the beginning? How'd you go about acquiring your first, let's say, I don't know, 500 customers? So I don't know if it, it was definitely in the tech community. I don't know if it was uh, developers only. There are, there are a few things. One, we have an open API that helps that uh, enables you to build on top of the app. And I think that's something that today is hard with email. Like it's really hard to build on top of email. And so that's definitely something that is attractive to to, uh, to developers. But but it wasn't really our our first target. Tech companies were our first target. And then a few a few years after we started, we started expanding. In, into more traditional industries. Like, for example, one of the big use cases that we have is logistics and transportation. So I didn't expect that to happen, but now I'm I'm not going to TechCrunch tech Disrupt anymore. I'm going to trucking conferences. So <laughs> my, my life has changed a lot. <laughs> so how, how does that work? So when you go to a, a, a track, you said a tractor conference, right? Yeah, a tracking, a tracking conference. Oh, tracking conference. Okay, so when you yeah. go to a tracking conference, like, okay, you, you, what do you do? You set up a booth there, and then uh, how do you, how do you even pitch people for something that, uh, something like this? Yeah, sure. So yeah, you, you have a booth and you talk to people. I think the, the main thing with uh, logistics companies is email is really the way they get work done and missing one email for them can cost a lot of money. Plus for managers to have visibility on what their team is doing, like it's, super valuable. And that's not something that's possible today with inboxes like Outlook or dedicated tools. So we really just uh, explain how other logistics companies have implemented the tool. And usually it resonates really well. Great. So is it right to assume that you guys have a very kind of sales focused model where it's, it's land and expand? So if you get into one logistics company, they have thousands of employees? Yeah, so it's true that we have a lend and expand model. So if you look at our retention metrics year over year for every cohort, they're very strong. And, and that's that's a number that we share. So for every cohort, if at year zero, they pay 
100, then at year one, they pay 140 net of churn. So it's really, really high because it means that just with our existing customer base, we can grow by 40% year over year. Now, it's not only sales assisted. So we we also have dedicated efforts for what we call our self-serve business. So leads that will sign up and that a salesperson will not call or will not email because they are small customers. Wonderful. Okay. And so it seems like uh, self-service model is working and then also the going to conferences is working. Uh, what else is working really well in terms of customer acquisition? So paid acquisition is uh, is working well. Uh, content is working well. I think the uh, subject of email and communication collaboration is something that people like to uh, to read about. Co-marketing is working well. So we have these integrations with over fifty other services, and so there we have a lot of opportunities to talk about how two tools work better together than when they are siloed. So these would be the main the main things that we do to to acquire customers. Wonderful. And what I mean just even going back, I mean what was your background before you even started front? Before I started front, I was working for a year in a company that was doing a contract management software. I launched a new product for them, so I was doing product management, sales, hiring, marketing, support, like everything. So you were basically CEO before CEO. Ah, it was a mini CEO because uh, it wasn't the only product that they had. Yeah. And speaking of CEO, one thing we touched upon before we even started, uh, you mentioned that, uh, just kind of jumping around here, you're, you're getting married in, in what, three weeks, you said? Yes. So congratulations on that. And I think what, what I was alluding to there was, you know, you're getting married. I'm assuming you're doing a lot of the planning too, and you're managing this fast-growing company too. And I'm sure you have a bunch of other priorities. Uh, how do you do it? Uh, does it tie into some of your other passion points that you mentioned? I mean, so first of all, I think I've never been someone that um, has worked crazy hours. I think I've always known that Front was here for the long run, and I couldn't spend like too much time every day working because otherwise I wouldn't have a good balance and I wouldn't be as effective and or as happy at work. So I, I guess that has not changed. But but you're right that I spend a lot of time like organizing my wedding. I spend a lot of time with my friends. I spend a lot of time uh, doing all kind of different sports. Um, like every week I bike, I run, I play tennis, I go surfing. And I think it's just part of what I need in order to be an effective CEO. There is something else that I, I, I do and that I would highly recommend, which is I meditate every day for 10 minutes when I wake up. And I feel like that gives me the, the headspace to always feel like I'm focusing on the right things. So I would, I would really encourage anyone to try meditating. Right. And what do you use, since you use the word headspace, do you use headspace for the app? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Thought so. And so I guess, has anything changed? I mean, with your, with your friends where they, you know, for me, sometimes I look at um, the, my, my elementary school and high school friends that I, I still hang out with sometimes. And you can tell some people react differently uh, when you're the person now running a company. So has that changed any, I, I'm just wondering, cause I don't really get to ask this often. 
No, so I guess it's a good question. Um, I don't think it has changed anything for the friend that I had before starting France. The, the, I think the thing that has changed is I just feel like being a CEO can be a lonely job sometimes because the people that you know, for example, inside the company will not behave the same way because you're the CEO. And so, I don't know, I, I always give this funny anecdote that when I make a joke at the office, people tend to laugh a lot. And whereas sometimes I don't think it's funny, but I think that I just, they just feel like they, they should do it because I'm the CEO. And, and sometimes you lose some of the genuine relationships that uh, you had by default when uh, when you're not a CEO of a company that's that's the thing that I would um, that I would say has changed but I don't think it has changed anything for my friends and and I don't actually think that it's even a bad thing that people behave slightly differently like there is no way they will behave the exact same way so I guess it's just part of the job I'm just learning as as the company gets bigger and as our as these relationships, changed a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading something about power dynamics and, you know, there's, um, I think it's some negotiation book I'm reading right now, but it just talks about, hey, like if you're controlling people's payrolls and they report to you all these different power dynamics, they are going to react differently to you. So I just thought that was super relevant. But uh, I, I guess you talked about the, the journey of a CEO being lonely. And I agree with that. Are you in any kind of peer groups? How do you combat that loneliness? Yeah, so I have a I have three good friends who run uh, companies, and I have dinner with them at least every few weeks. So I think it helps a lot, uh, and I, and I, I would recommend it as well. And I have CEOs from like very different uh, stage of companies. Some companies that are over a thousand employees some companies that are like three employees. And, and I think having different perspective is, uh, is very useful for all of us. Wonderful. Can you tell us about one big struggle you face while growing front? Sure. I mean, there are many, I guess. One of the struggle that I had at the beginning of this year was the fact that uh, we didn't have an executive team at all. And so we grew the company uh, pretty fast without having anyone very experienced being in the team. And so at, at the beginning of the year, I spent a lot of time building this executive team. Second thing that I would say is I, I just feel like it, it seems pretty obvious, but my, my job, what's required from me is changing at least every six months. So, for example, one thing that's super important today is I need to be good at internal communication and making sure that everyone is on the same page, whereas before like, it was pretty obvious to know everything that was going on. And so it was very easy to have everyone aligned as the company is growing and especially when it's growing fast. That's that's a a new skill that you need to develop. And so learning these new skills like every month, every other month is, is will always be a struggle, I think. Wow. Totally agree with that. Actually, I was, uh, I think that's that. Yeah. So I, I was at a, the, the tech conference a couple of months ago and I picked up this book called Vivid Vision. And it was because I was, I was just thinking to myself, you know, if, if I'm on the team and Sometimes if I don't know what the direction is, what the directive is, that means the team's going to be rowing. If, if I don't put a vision in front of everyone, everyone's going to be rowing in different directions. So I picked up that book and it's it's been a game changer just for everyone to know. We'll drop this in the show notes too, Vivid Vision. And I don't usually like to make the recommendations as I'm interviewing, but uh, that just came to mind. Cool. So working towards wrapping up here, what, I guess... What's one new tool that you've added in the last that's added a lot of value? So maybe it could have been an, a new bike that you bought, for example, or it could be like a new app you downloaded. Good question. I would have said uh, Headspace, but 
but I've already shared it. I mean, I'm in San Francisco. I've I've uh, been using Scoot for the past few months, and I think it's an incredible service. So um, these apps are very popular. So I'm sure I'm not the first one to to say that. I think you are the first one. What is Scoot? I'm in LA, so I don't know. Uh, Scoot is just a way to have scooters, <laughs> and so you pick it up wherever you want, and then you leave it wherever you want. And so that's how I commute now. Oh, so it's like Bird. And it's super fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um, it's like that, but it's scooters. Oh, okay. So it's not like the electric scooters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, got it. That's That sounds safer. It, it is safer. Cool. All right. I had no idea. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I didn't know they had it, um, but leave it to SF. Okay. What is one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? One book I would recommend to everyone would be The Hard Things About Hard Things, because I just feel like you should never wonder if it's normal to feel like building a company is hard, like it is. And I think learning this book will prevent you from thinking about it ever again. Great. Love that book. It's been it's the number one recommended book on this podcast by far. Um, there's not even a close second. Okay, great. So Mathilde, this has been awesome. What is the best way for people to find out more about you and Front Online? So Front, uh, our website is frontapp.com. And then I use Twitter and Medium quite a lot. So if you type my first name and last name, uh, you'll find me. And then you can DM me and I'm happy to chat with anyone who I can help. Yeah. And by the way, everyone, I'm so I, I'm not affiliated with Front at all, but I highly recommend you use it. I still use it. It's just a matter of getting my team to use it. And I think Mathilde might have solved that for me. So I'm going to try to get everyone to, to adopt it. But Mathilde, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.